Well, praise the Lord. My name is Chuck Sharp, and uh, and today uh, we're just going to talk about a the power of a praying parent. Uh, just to give you a little background on my on me a little bit, I uh, I'm a pastor. Uh, I pastor a church in, in Lancaster, Ohio. We've been there about six years. Um, we, uh, I'm a presbyter in the South Central area. We oversee uh, so many churches in that area. Um, we have, uh, over the years, done a, a lot of different ministries. Uh, I was telling you before we came in, my throat's a little raw. I just got back from uh, Dominican Republic. We went over and we hold crusades. And they're open-air crusades. And uh, we just do whatever God tells us to do. Amen. But today, I, I, I want to I share with you, uh, I want to share a little bit about my life, but I don't want to, I don't really want to focus on my past as much as I want to focus on my family, okay? Now, I warn you, I'm an emotional guy, okay? So if I start talking and start, you know, dropping some tears, just deal with me. There you go, right here. Because that's just me. I'm full of passion. If you've been around me at all, you're going to know that. Uh, but um, I don't apologize for it. I'm just, God touches my heart when I share with things. And he, when I share about my life, He takes me right back. And so, but I want to open up in a word of prayer. And uh, just do me a favor. If you're here, uh, I'm here to give you life. If you have a, someone that's addicted, someone that's not your grandbaby, your uh, child, your son or daughter that's not serving God, I come to bring you life today. I come to bring you as a prodigal. If somebody has breath, they can be delivered. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. And even now, Lord, we just, phew, just felt you blow in here. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we have hope in you. We have peace in you. And Lord, I just pray that, that, Lord, there might be a word or something I say that will encourage somebody today, Lord, because, Lord, it's not about me or my past as much as how you brought me out of that and how you set me free. And it was through prayer. So, Lord, I just pray that you would just, just help us to walk through this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. I, I just want to share with you first. I'm going to try to stay on a little bit of notes because I know how I get, okay? But I, I, I just want to share with you a little bit. Uh, I was raised in a church all my life. Mom, we lived next to a church, a church of God. Don't hold that against me. But we, we lived next to a church of God. And uh, two doors over, there we'd always hear the shouting, revival meetings. And finally, my mom said, listen, we're gonna, I'm going to go over here and get, check this out. So she went to the church, and don't you know, she found Jesus. And so when she found Jesus, her son, at fourth grade, went to every service there was. It wasn't a service I missed. We was at the Church of God service. My dad wasn't saved. My dad was not a bad person. My dad was not a drinker. When he would drink, he would get sick. My mother, though, when she had an encounter with God, 
she had an encounter with God. How many knows what I'm talking about? When she got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, she got filled with the baptism. Amen? And so mom uh, started going to church. We moved from there to Kettering, Ohio. Anybody know where Kettering, Ohio is? Good. And so Kettering Assembly of God, we started going to church there. And uh, great church, great church, spirit-filled, healthy, signs and wonders. We, it was a church that was, we say, was on fire. You know what I'm talking about. And so I went to church. Every door the doors opened, mom took us to church. My dad didn't go, uh, but my mom was sold out for Jesus. One night, New Year's, I'm not sure of the date, New Year's Eve, uh, my mom conned my dad into coming to church. How many know what I'm talking about? That little con thing, you know what I mean? We're going bowling tonight, why don't you go? My dad loved to bowl. So, mom got dad to go. And that night, my dad went to an altar and gave his heart to Jesus. From that time on, my home, I was the only child. Didn't have no brothers or sisters. It was me. From that now, that time on, my house, our house, turned in to a house of prayer. I mean, we had a little TV room that there wasn't a time when I could remember that I could hear them praying in the Spirit for hours. But something happened in my life at that stage. It was, I was about 7th or 8th grade. And on, on my way to school one day with some uh, friends of mine, uh, uh, neighborhood friends, I got influenced. I got influenced. I was on my way to school. Pat Smith, a buddy of mine, uh, he had pulled out a joint. And it's some marijuana, some pot. And we're on our way to school, 7th, 8th grade, right in there, junior high school. And they were my buds. We did everything together, and he fired that up, and I didn't realize that the choice I was getting ready to make when I hit that joint changed everything. It went from not being able to get high off pot no more to doing everything. I, I did it, and I'm not, I don't want to hit that hard today, but I'm gonna, I just want to tell you a few stories, okay? But I want to round it up with prayer, but my life turned from that time, that choice turned everywhere. Somebody once asked me, they said, Chuck, you know, how in the world could you be raised in a church, see miracles, had miracles even on my own life? I remember when I was a kid, I had a lot of pain in my right, my right hip. And, and, and I went to church and Dale Everett was an evangelist there, a good friend of mine, and he prayed for me and my leg grew about an inch and a half and I never had any problems with my leg again. I've seen, I've seen miracles. I've seen lumps moved. I've seen people get saved. I've seen the power of God and still turned and went down another road. How did I do that? Influenced. I was influenced by the world. I was influenced by the devil, but I was influenced by my relationships. Now listen to me, parents and grandbabies. Your grandbabies. They're influenced. We're all influenced by something. 
But I was influenced by the world. From that day on, my life totally switched. And with that, my mom and dad, uh, they had got involved in the church. My dad was a, a board member. He was an intercessor, Robin. He, I'm telling you, he could pray to even this day. My mom, she, she had such a touch that she would... I'm, I'm literally telling you that they would spend hours in that back prayer room. There, there was times when I would come home and uh, I wouldn't go in the house because the conviction of the Holy Spirit was so powerful in that home. I couldn't do it. I remember coming home at night and, and I'd be Friday night, Friday night. You didn't go to my house on Friday night. Friday night was prayer night. And that's where she called in all the intercessors at the church and they met at the house. Now as a drug addict, you didn't want to go the you didn't want to be at that house. But I remember one time, I remember I came home and uh, I had a, a young girl with me, Beth, and uh, we snuck in the back door and, uh, man, we had a little TV room off to the side. And we're sitting back here, me and her was sitting there and all at once I heard my name called out. Touch my son. Put him out there, Lord. Make him, make him a preacher, God. Make him an evangelist. Just, Lord, touch my boy. And Man, you hear that. And I was high at the time. The girl I was with, all at once I heard her. She heard her name. Lord, bless Beth back. We, we were sneaking in. Didn't even know they'd seen us. Can I tell you to this day, that girl, my mom ran into that girl like five or ten years later and she talked about it. She seen her. She, Beth told my mom, she said, I was at your house one night and I was sitting in that back room with your son and I heard my name go out before the Lord. And she says, I never got over it. I found God. That's the kind of home I was raised in. There was times I'd come home, and I'm not exaggerating, brother. I'd come home, and there would be oil all over my doorknob. Come on now. They, there would be oil on the casings. You say, what is that? It's called anointing oil. It's called... I knew that my family was praying for my bedroom. I'd walk in there and, it, and, it, and there was times there was conviction. There was, there was little prayer cloths underneath my pillow. They, they invaded heaven. I couldn't tell you how many times that I, I would, there were things would happen. I, I would have my friends come and pick me up, Darren. They, they would come and pick me up, and I'd be running late, and, and they'd come in to get me, and, and they would be sitting in the other room, and I could hear my mom just nailing it. Now, I'm going to tell you what now. You need Jesus. You, I, you know, she just, do you mind if I pray for you? What are they going to say? <laughs> Before you know it, I heard mom speaking in tongues. And they're like, this is nuts, Chuck. Listen, Chuck, we are not coming in your house no more. That's the kind of house I grew up in. I've seen it. I've seen firsthand what prayer 
and the anointing of God was. I've seen it. I'm going to hit a couple points here. And then we're just going to have, and then we'll go from there. Is that okay? First point I want to make is this. If your child or grandbaby, I use grandbabies because I got six. Okay, how many's got grandbabies? Come on now. I'm going to tell you why I love my grandbabies so much. Because I was so strung out on dope that the doctors had to do operations. They told me I couldn't have kids. But my mama, I call her my mama. And yes, I'm a mama's boy. And if you got a problem with that, I'll meet you behind that shed back here. <laughs> pray for you, Mark. Yeah. We'll pray first. <laughs> we might have to pray after, too. But I couldn't have children. And I remember one time my mom told me, she says, you know what, Chuck? She said, the doctor, he might say you can't have kids. But I'm going to guarantee you this. I'm going to be a grandma, and you're going to be a daddy. And we ended up having four kids. God heard and hears your prayer. If your children are going to be influenced, they need to see and hear you pray and be reading your word. You've got to be an example. Point number one, they must see it in you before they'll believe in Him. At my home, my fam, my mom, my dad, they were, they just didn't talk about it. They lived it. They didn't, they just didn't go to church on Sunday and, and do their own thing during the week. They lived it. I seen it every day. I seen, I seen prayer. I seen people stop at all hours of the night for them to pray because, see, they had such an encounter in prayer with Jesus Christ that people seen it and signs and wonders happened because they believed on what they were doing and they did it and they didn't rely on other people to do it for them. How many of us... When something hits our lives or our kids, I've got four kids and really two of them are, one of them's on fire, one of them's, the other three are just kind of floating around. But how many of us, when, when something hits our lives or something with our kids, how many of us pick up the phone or do we pick up the dial to heaven and say, Lord Jesus? See, my mom and dad, they were connected not with a prayer team or a prayer line or a prayer group, and God bless that. And don't get me wrong, we got one at my church. But they didn't call people. They went straight to the heavens themselves. And that's how I was, that's how I grew up. I've seen it. I've seen it. But our children. They must see us pray. They must hear us pray. They must do it. I remember at times I would, I would uh, come home at different times. I shared that with you, but I'm going to tell you, it was the most powerful thing in my life is because, listen, when I was a young boy, I was branded by it. And the Bible, you know, it, it says this, it's better not to know Him than to know Him and turn away. I was one miserable man. I, I, I did more drugs to cover up because 
I knew I had a calling on my life. I knew that. And I ran from that. But it was the prayers of my parents that put a hedge around me that kept me. I remember one night I was in a garage. I, uh, I don't even remember. I don't know whose garage it was. It was cold out, windy. I was so messed up. Oh, you're going to take me back, hate you, Lord. So I'm sitting in this garage. And... Uh, sitting in this corner of this garage and I pulled out a knife and I still got the scars on my wrist where I tried to take my life. And I can tell you today, folks, it's because of the prayers. It was because of the prayers that my life wasn't taken. It was the prayers that the devil wasn't going to destroy me. It was the prayers that God knew that I would be here this day at this time to speak hope into you, to know that you can pray your son or your daughter or your grandbaby into heaven. Come on now. I was such an addict. I remember one night... I, I, uh, I took a bunch of uh, pills, um, a bunch of sopers, and if you guys have some, you don't know what that is. But, but I ate a whole, I mean a bunch of them. But to let you know how bad I was, I got sick. I puked them up, and I'll tell you how bad I was. I picked those out of my puke. That's what kind of addict I was. I was a thief. I was a, I would do whatever it took to get my drugs. And in and out of this time, in and out of this time, thieving and everything else, in and out of jail, everything else, I had some parents. Jesus, He's going to preach. And I'd look at my mom, and I would tell her, I'd say, you know what, Mom? I can't even walk across the street without being high. How in the world you tell me I'm going to speak life into other people? It was the power of God. Because she's seen in me what I didn't see in myself, Robin. She's seen in me what I didn't see. See, God had given her a promise. And that promise was... Your son is going to preach. And I'm going to take him around the world. And he's going to see great things. And he's going to do great things for me. And she says, I kept believing it. She said, the harder I prayed, the worse it got. (laughs) Point number two. Tough love. Wow. Now I know you guys, some of you are going to crucify me in here when I say this, so you go ahead. Just please uh, wait till after the class so I can finish it. <laughs> Tough love. I was in and out of jail. Uh, I was guilty as a dog. I mean, come on. I wasn't one of these guys that got in trouble and sat in there and was going to fight it. I was guilty. I, I mean, I was busted. They got me. You know what I mean? It just added up. You know what I'm saying? But hear my heart when I tell you this, okay? So don't, don't crucify me yet. But one of the things that my mom and my dad did for me that was the best thing they did 
is when I would get in trouble with the law, they wouldn't come bail me out. I'd be sitting in that old sorry city jail. <laughs> Twelve, ten by ten cell. And you know the reason why they did that is because I'd come down off that dope for about a week. You know what I'm saying? And they figured in that city jail, at least I was safer than I would have been on the streets. Because I was running with some heavy people. That was the best thing that happened to me, Robin. Because I, I would sit in there and I would think, God, what in the world? 115 pounds. Wet. Messed up. Messed up. I come down off that. I started, like I said, junior high, I would be 13 or 14. When I started going to jail, I was probably about 16, 17, 18, right in those last three years. I really peaked at my addictions when I was 19 to 20, right in there. Yeah. But I'd say I was at my worst at about that 19 and 20, but I, only because of the fact my body was decaying. Because I would go on highs for days. You know, I'd go on, I would go on highs that I'd end up all over the place, wake up in different places. But, but my mom and dad, they would let me set. And it was the best thing for me. I, you might not think that that's good and that sounds terrible. But I had made the bed I was lying in. I had made those choices in that life. And they didn't have all the money it was going to take. Time you bail me out. They didn't know if I was going to run. And then on top of that, the lawyers and all that. I mean, honestly, if I look back, it was the best thing for me. I know you might think I'm crazy, but it was. Another thing that really, really touched my heart was this, that my mom and dad, if I was going to live under their house, I was going to church. <laughs> I mean, they, and they were, I mean, it wasn't about, I don't care if you got in there at four in the morning, your Sunday morning, they dragged my hot in out of, out of bed. And I was so messed up that I couldn't fight back. So I went. Let me just go there for a minute. <laughs> I was in that spirit-filled church and I'd sit in the back row and man, the Spirit of God would blow into that church. I remember times I would just weep because I wanted help so bad but just didn't know how to get it. I'd grab a hold of that front front seat of that bench seat and hold on for dear life. See, down inside I knew I had problems. I did. You didn't have to tell me. But God was dealing with me. He never let up. You know why? Because over here in the background, Lord, touch my son. Touch my son, Jesus. 
Lord, we believe that You're going to touch my son. We believe He's going to preach. We believe You're going to protect Him. We believe, we believe, we believe. And the whole time, they never gave up. But there was tough love. You'll go to church. You get in trouble with the law. We don't have the money. You go. And so it's, it wasn't easy. It was tough, tough love. Real tough love. But can I tell you this? I knew in my heart there was never a time that my parents, I knew that my parents didn't love me. I don't know about you, I didn't need to hear a sermon. I didn't need a sermon, church. I knew. I knew. (laughs) You know what I needed? I needed love. Because see, my addictions, there was a root. And the only way that was going to be set free is by His love. And I've seen His love through my parents. I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen love where, not a sermon, but I've seen it like this. My mom never preached at me. She would say stuff like this. My mom went to be with Jesus about two years ago. So, it was tough. Amen? But my mom, she would say little things like this. You know, I'd be out the door, going out the door. We, she knew what we was going to do. We, we lived to get high. And she'd walk by the door and she'd say, you going to hug me or what? i say, yeah. And she'd whisper and she says, Jesus loves you. Those words. It was like, it was like fire on my heart. She would say stuff like, Jesus is only one, only one prayer away. Come on. I'm going to tell you what, that would tear you up. She would say stuff like, you know what, I love you, but oh, that He loves you more. I'd find little notes in my pockets. I'd be at a bar somewhere messed up, you know, just cranking up on something, pulling out to pay, and there was this little note. I love you. Mess me up. Why do I say that? It's because they, they, they never came and talked down on me. They never, they never preached at me. They got aggravated at me. Okay, come on now. They were times my dad was going to rip my eyebrows out. That's where my... Uh, they're coming back. But they loved on me. They loved me back to the kingdom. Can I just tell you, oh my, just hear this. If you don't hear nothing else, hear this today. If you want to see your loved ones come back to Jesus, then you love them back into the kingdom. You say, well, how do you do that? It's on your face. 
Because the more you spend on your face for them, the more you'll be able to put up with their sin. Does that make sense? Because if you don't, you'll only look at their sin and what they're doing. And boy, I'll tell you what, you will get frustrated. But when you see through the eyes of Christ, it changes everything. Amen? Man. Listen to this. If, If you're always giving them a way out, if you're always giving them a way out, you're not helping them because they'll never find their desperation to find Him. If you're always making a way out. See, my parents, they didn't give me a way out. My mom, they knew uh, they, that I was an addict. Come on now. And so when I asked for money or thieve, or, uh, what, they knew what I was going to do with that money. They didn't give me no money. I smoked, you know. Uh, they, they didn't give me no money. They didn't make it a way for me to go buy my dope. They didn't make this attic easy at home. They didn't make it easy to to have my home as a hotel. It was they they it was tough love that tough love that spoke volumes to me because what happened I honored and respected the home. I respected their authority. I even as a, a downright thieving attic, I I gave authority to their home because of the fact that who they were representing. Does that make sense? And so, tough love is... It's, it, it, you say, well, Chuck, could you kick one of your kids out of your home? Man, that'd be the hardest thing I ever do. But let me tell you something. If I knew that I have done everything I could and, 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 not, and, and I'm enabling them to get worse, then guess what? You say, you mean you tell me that it would be cold outside and you'd stick your son out? Folks, I'm going to tell you what. I, I, man, that's some hard decisions, Robin, ain't it? It, it, it? We see it all the time with the people we deal with. But I give them a choice. I give them a choice. If you want help, I can take you over here and I'm going to take you to this uh, adult and teen challenge and we're going to get you help. Or yes, you are going to be out here on the street and it's going to be cold. See, that's different love. I'm going to take you to the hospital for a 30-day program so you can get dried up. And then what we're going to do is we're going to walk through this program with you. I'm going to take you over here, but that's the choice you've got to make. But if I don't put them in that position, I will never, never get them to change. Amen? Do you understand that? That's right. That's tough love, but that's truth. Well, Chuck, you, you are... You're going to kick your kid out. Because what I'm doing, I'm causing them to stick, step out on faith to say, I really do need help. But if I'm enabling them to get high and they're under my roof, all I've done is put a hotel room for them to come in and out. 
Yes, sir. Chuck, I think of the prodigal son. Mm. That father loved him the day he left home. Yeah. And he didn't chase after him. Yeah. And it took him getting to the, spending out his vision for his life and ended up about deep pig slop. Yeah. And it says he came to himself. Yeah. But it, but it took that scenario. It did. It really did in my life. It really. his turn. Yes. Yeah. And I'll come to my pig sly here in a minute because it was. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. That's good. See, listen. Our responsibility of a parent and a grandparent as Christians is to leave our children and grandbabies to Christ. We're Christians. Okay? See, listen. My parents, they weren't my friends. They were my parents. Being their friend, if they would have been my friend, Dad, let's go get a half a gallon of Jack and put one on tonight. They weren't my friend. They were my parent. And I needed to stand as a parent, not as a friend, a buddy, or anything else. I needed to have somebody in my life that, that I, I seen authority in that. They, they were my parent. Being a friend to your children, your grandbabies, Look how they treat their own friends when they're messed up. Amen? And that's what happened to me. I, I respected and honored that. They were my parents, not my friend. Now listen, I want to... Let me check this time here. Are you, are you, are you getting it? Are you, am I communicating it all right? Amen. I'm, I'm surprised I ain't all messed up. Emotional, Darren. You know, because I'm usually like... <laughs> I mean, come on. I must cold medicine's kicked another gear in me or something. Dried up all my tears. No. No. The last point I want to make is you can't fix them. You cannot fix them. Oh my. See, as much as my parents loved me, they knew this battle wasn't theirs. They knew it. Dads, grandpas, come on now. Mama comes to you wanting to share with you about some days at work or something, you know, talk to you. What do we try to do? We try to fix it. They don't want fixed. When it comes to addictions and it comes to things like that, alcohol, drugs, I mean, I could take this on and on with the agenda of the gay community. I could take it on. I could take this all the way. We can't fix them. Look at our lives when we tried to run our lives by ourselves. We messed up. Amen? Without Jesus Christ, how are we going to fix somebody else? You might be able to walk them down a path and, and tell them to have positive thinking and, and do this and stay away from the drugs. Don't tell lies. And you can give them all this, but it's Him that gives them the strength to keep doing it. Amen? You can't fix them. As much as I love my own kids, I, I, I want to confess this to you too. Because I am a preacher. I, 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 I preach. I... <laughs> I love to preach. And I remember the Holy Spirit pricking my heart with my kids. 
And this is what he told me. How many knows he still speaks? I just want to make sure you realize that. And he told me, he said, Chuck, your children don't need a preacher. They need a daddy. And I thought, I have so missed it. Because it was the same with my dad. I didn't need a sermon. I needed a dad. I needed a mom that would wrap her arms around me and say, I love you regardless of the hell you're living. And I believe in you. See, there was times I wanted to take my life too. But guess what it was? I seen her eyes. The trigger pulled back. I seen her eyes. I I would actually hear that Chuck, Jesus loves you. You know what that was? It was the Holy Spirit. You can't fix them. I remember one one day my mom uh, she told me this years later. She said, Chuck, I about had a nervous breakdown because you were my only kid and, and I seen your life and, and you were you were killing yourself right before my eyes. How many knows when you have addictions in the house, you're addicted too because you live it. And she said, I about had a nervous breakdown because I've seen you decaying. I've seen you go the, 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 your eyes sunk back in your head. You're, you would go on these three, four day highs without any sleep. You were messed up. You would, you would come in the house and, and just black out, pass out and wake up a couple days later. We didn't know if you was alive or not. And she said one day at church, she said this, she said, it was almost like the Lord showed me Abraham taking Isaac up to that altar and carrying him up there. And she said, I started walking to the altar and I kept seeing, I seen Isaac, I seen my son Chuck in my arms. And she said, just like Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac, he, she says, I knelt down on that altar. And she laid me on that altar in her mind and said, God, I give Him back. I can't carry it no more. She said the peace of God came over her. And from that time on, she knew that whether God, whether I took, whether I died or not, she had a peace that she had done all she could. That following, it was a year later or so, they came and got me with a warrant. And I'm, I'm bringing this to a landing. But they came and got me with a warrant for my arrest. Uh, we got plenty of time. I'm surprised. So they came to the house and, and carried me off. But that day was different. 
It was like my head was a little clearer. Yeah, I was getting high, and I, there wasn't too many days I couldn't go daily without being high. So, But this day was different. I'll never forget it. I didn't even, I, I can take you right back. I never left the house that wasn't like me. It was just different. They came and got me. And they had me for a grand theft auto and a drug trafficking charge that I was guilty of. I was just guilty, man. I'll tell you what, I was guilty. I was guilty. I was. I, I, I didn't even need a lawyer. I was guilty. And I remember, folks, that night I sat in that jail cell. Nobody in there except me. And I looked over, and there was a Gideon Bible sitting on a table. I picked that Bible up and I read the book of John. But before I got even through John 3.16, I remember reading that verse and I put that Bible on that bed in that jail cell and I knelt down on my knee and I said, Lord, it has been so long since me and you've talked that I know that you never left me. And if you are the God that my mom has always told me about, I need you to come and Touch my heart. <laughs> I don't know how any other way to explain it. But Darren, it was like warm honey was poured on my head. It started running down my... I could just feel his... It was his love. And as soon as it got past my head, my head was clear just like that. There was no fuzziness. There was nothing. There was nothing in my head. It was clear. It got down to my heart, and I never was the same again. I felt the peace of the living God, like I'd never felt in my life. He came and visited me in that jail cell. And then he gave me a scripture as I read the book of John that night. In John, I think it's 15, 16. He says this, I did not, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And ordained you. And whatever you ask in my Father's house, it will be given to you. That night was the first night in many years. And I was, I was 20 years old, brother, when I did that. 19 or 20 years old. That next day, (laughs) 
you wouldn't know it by looking now. But I was I was death scared. I, I tell you, I was skinny as a rail. The wind, I had to be careful in the windstorm because it would blow me away. But I, I remember walking out there in that and they had me locked. They had the chains on my feet and the chains on my hands. And you know, you're scruffling. And then they had this big old suit on me. And as I walked out there, there was my mother. There was my mother. And I remember up there, and they used to call me Charles, when you're in trouble, my, they, they call me Chuck, but when you're in trouble, it's Charles. Man, and even that judge, that's, that judge, man, Charles, I knew I was in trouble. Excuse me. I stood before that judge. Yes. Yes, no, you go ahead. And I stood before that judge and that judge says, you know, I don't remember exactly what he said, but a grand theft auto and a drug traffic on top of each other is two felonies. I was facing a four to 25 years in penitentiary. And to be honest with you, going into the penitentiary weighing 115 pounds is not good. So I stood before that judge. And I had favor that day. He says, Charles? Yes, sir. You know, it's amazing how you'll change. He says, there's some people over here. And it was a pastor and different people with my mom. And they talked to me about a drug rehabilitation place. See, I'd been in the hospitals I'd been in 30-day programs. I went to NA. I went to AA. I went to BA. Whatever you want to call them. I was at them all. I, I visited them all. But it seemed like every time I went, I always got hooked up with the guys, and, and I'd get them dope, and we'd exchange dope. We just, it was just a joke. It, it, it was a joke to me. But this time was different. The judge says, I'm going to probate you to this Christian adult teen challenge. And he says, you're going to do it. Because if you don't, you're going to do some time. You're going to do some hard time. So I went to that program in Cincinnati, Ohio. Wasn't addicted to drugs. Because I was freed that night. The power of prayer freed me. I smoked about two packs a day. I was done. I left that courtroom and my mom took me straight to Teen Challenge. I stayed in this program down there and uh, I was there for 10 months and it was God changed everything. I told the Lord, and I'm about to close and I know I need to. I told, when I was in there, I knew that God, I, I, needed, I needed a good woman. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I did. I needed a good woman, and uh, I was a womanizer, so I needed a good woman. I didn't need a woman out of my past. I needed God to send me somebody that was 
never been in drugs. And that's how I prayed. So they gave me a pass one day, and I went home to church, my home church, and I walked in the door, and there was this beautiful woman there greeting. And it was like, I, I knew it. Started writing her them big love letters. They, them bad boys. <laughs> I'll tell you, my wife would tell you, she was in here, she still got them. And you know, because of my drug problem, I didn't, high school, you know, I was out of high school at about ninth grade. That's what I ended up with. So don't let the devil ever tell you you can't do something because you don't have no education. Did I go and get my GED? Yeah. Did I go to college? Yeah. Did I, am I ordained? Yes. And I did all that. But I wasn't real, uh, I, I did, school wasn't my thing. I was messed up. But the Lord gave me my wife. And He set it all up. And He did some great things. We got out of there. We got involved in the church. I started preaching. I started teaching. I started doing stuff. But let me, let me bring it to this because this is what you need to know. I was at the church one day up in, in Dayton. And, uh, wow. I mentioned Pat Smith. He was my little buddy we smoked dope with. You know, he was the, he's that guy I smoked dope with. I was up at the church and I get this phone call. The secretary says, there's a guy, the guy wants to, see, Pat Smith wants to see you. I'm thinking, oh my. I mean, it was just like I was taken right back. You, Pat Smith. No, that, that has to be somebody, you know. I said, yeah, I'll take it. So I'm talking. He says, hey, Chuck. I said, Pat, you know, we talked. I need to come see you. I need to come see you. I said, Pat, you come over to this church. You see me, man. I'm right here. So he comes over there, and we took a walk over the sanctuary. This is what he told me. He said, Chuck. He said, I knew you'd be a preacher. I said, why is that? He says, your mom, she was, she wasn't ordinary. <laughs> she wasn't, she wasn't, she was, I knew you'd be a preacher. She said, he says, I told him, I said, Pat, you know, Jesus Christ changed my life. Do you want Him to change yours? And He looks at me with tears in His eyes. He says, that's why I'm here. Because He said, I knew if you were serving God that it was definitely true and there is a God. That day, He accepted Jesus Christ into his heart. About a week later, he calls and he says, my mom's dying. Well, his mom knew me. His sister knew me. All of his sisters. We were a bunch of low-life dopers. I mean, we all knew each other, you know. I walk into this room and here they all were. Only God can do that. To them, I was the light because of Him. 
And I prayed a prayer with every one of them. And I prayed over his mother. But can I just say this? Where the enemy tried to destroy, it was prayer that changed it all. In Jesus' name. Amen? I want to just take a few minutes here. I just want to do, and I want to say this. It's been 38 years. No, it's been longer than that, hasn't it? Let's see, I'm 56, 38, 20, 50. Yeah, it's been almost 37 or 38 years since I've been free from dope. Has, was it a battle when I got out? Yeah, come on. We fight the demons of our past sometimes. But I, I always said this. I was driven by staying close to Him. I was taught how to find God. I was taught how to pray because I go back to that. I was taught because I, I seen it in my home. And I stood on that. And to this day, any of you that know me, anybody that knows me is around me is going to see. This is, this is I, who, I'm black and white. This is who I am. But I was taught by my family, my mom, my dad. They taught me is because of prayer because of prayer. Amen? I want to open it up to you a little bit. You might have some questions. And I want to do that right now. And if anybody has anything they would like to ask, it's uh, we got some time. It's uh, quarter after 12. Anybody at all? Yes. Yeah, to speak up so they can hear you. Thank you. When I'm talking to a mama who's, who's grieving over a child's astray or yeah. whatever situation. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe they even know Christ, but they're in a bad place. Yeah. Um, I, don't know, I don't know when I started, probably 30 years ago, but, but I'd say, you know, I think, I think it started with my mom. I, it did start with my mom. Mm. I'd talk to her, I'd say, Mama, I said, you need to, you need to pray for, for my siblings that didn't know Christ. And she really believed in I'd say, you know, I have this feeling, Mom, that no prayer gets through like Mama's prayer. Because nobody loves that kiddo like the Mama. Oh, there's not. Right? Yeah, there's and, not. And, you know, it, prayer comes from the heart, and there's there's no prayer so piercing hmm. as a mother's prayer. So I, I often encourage moms to say, you know what? And encouraging that God's hearing them. Right, exactly. You know? And, and I, I don't, I don't have a chapter and verse for it, I guess. But I, I just tell them, you know, your your prayer gets through first. Yep, you know? it does. And I love my father. My father's still living, and we're very close. And I don't want to put take anything away from my father because my father is a man of God. Okay, it's just that I had, I my mama, my dad. We didn't have that relationship. How many knows that it's usually dad, you and your daughters have more of a relationship. But with the mom, it's sometimes it's the son. But uh, can I just, you know, you don't have to respond to this, but how many of you has a family member that's messed up on drugs? Maybe a son, daughter, a grandbaby? Okay, thank you. Because I'm going to close this up in prayer. Yes. I gotta say what's on my mind though. Addictions covers a multitude. There's eating addictions, there's alcohol, there's even some addictions like shopping addictions. There's so many addictions and Lord just let me say, this is all Becky. He's like, 
this is all, this is just not drugs. That's good. All addiction. You're right. When you say that family's messed up, I mean, there's a multitude. I'd say that honestly half the hands should at least be up, you know. Yeah. I got a few of those addictions myself that yeah. I refuse to claim. But, yeah. you know, I'm praying about those things, so... I'm enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Kind of amen. Oh, it does. I mean, whew, kind of, thank you, Lord. You know, I always say this you don't have to go far to find somebody in need. You know, at my at our church that we're uh, blessed to minister at we're in a city of about 48,000 and it's ate up with heroin to the max. I mean, it is ate up. It's, it's ate up. And God sends me people and some of them I'm able to yank them out of the pit of hell. But some of them, I, they're not ready. But there's one that came here to me about two years ago. Not even two years, a year ago. And I won't mention names, but he came to me as a meth addict, coming with me with needles coming out of his head. Couldn't carry on a conversation. In a gay lifestyle, just messed up. He came into my office one day, and just I let him rattle, because that's all he was doing. And then I said, I want to pray for you. And he said this, I'll never forget. He says, can you put that oil on me? And I said, yes, sir, I can. And he was talking. He wanted me to anoint him in oil. He didn't have no idea. So I took him in the sanctuary. And I anointed him with oil. And because of his faith, the power of God hit that man. He got baptized. He's on the front row behind me, praising God today. Why? Why? Because of Him. Because of Him. We've got the goods, my brother. Amen? So today, I just bring life to you today. And I know some of you that didn't hold your hands up about your loved one. But listen, every one of us can say we've got somebody with some kind of addiction. But I hope, with all my heart, I hope that I brought some hope to you today that this prodigal already had two feet in the ground of his grave. But because of a praying parent, he came and yanked me out of the pit of hell because he loves us that much. Amen? Bow your heads. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I thank You for this time. And Lord, I know, Lord. I know, Lord. I know, Lord, that every one of us has children, grandbabies. We might have a husband, a wife, a sister, a brother that's messed up somewhere. But Lord, we just put their name out there to you. Come on, church. Just lift their name. Just, just let Jesus. Just, he knows. He knows. He knows. 
In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I pray right now that that person will be set free. Lord, it might not be us, but Lord, I pray right now that You would send people into their lives. That they would send people that would touch. That they would send people around them, Lord. Father, I pray right now that You put a hedge of protection over them, God. As they walk the dark streets of our cities, Lord. I pray right now, Lord, that Your Spirit would go forth, would touch, set free free, Lord. I thank You for that, God. That is our promise, Lord. That is our promise that our homes will serve the Lord. And today, God, we say, in the name of Jesus, go forth. And Lord, we put all of our sons, our daughters, our grandbabies on the altar. We lay them to You just like Abraham did Isaac, just like my mom did for me. Lord, we lay them down and we say, here, Jesus, we give them back to You, Lord. We give them back to you, Jesus. Lord, we give our kids, Lord. Satan, you're a liar. You're a liar. And we take claim to what's ours. And we take claim to that authority we have in Jesus Christ. And we speak and we say, you're not going to take our children, our children and our grandbabies, our, our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters. They're going to spend heaven with us. They're, they're going to spend eternity with us. And we just claim their souls right now. And God, I pray right now that every day we'll speak. We'll speak about that to you, God. Every day we'll pound the heavens. Every day we'll put that on our prayer lips. Lord, we will not look and get discouraged. We will not look and say, oh no, they're getting worse. But we will speak it out of our mouths that one day Tommy, Larry, Mary, whoever is going to serve God. They're going to be on fire for God. They're going to be addicted free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Spirit of God, we brand that. I brand that with the anointing of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's good. Listen, I'm going to give you my email. And you say, you say, Chuck, I just, I got this, I got that. Can you give me information about this? We deal with so many people and rehabs and different stuff. And if I don't have the answer for your city or around you, I'll get that. Okay? It's Charles, this is all small case, Charles Sharp, two S's, S-H-A-R-P, Junior, J-R, at yahoo.com. And my church is Lancaster New Hope. And if it listen to me too, everybody look at me when you get that written down and I'll close this up. But listen, I'm never too busy to talk to an addict. I'm never too busy. Okay? Your son or daughter, somebody, you get them to me, I can't run you down. But I'll leave time to love on your grandbaby. Amen? Amen. 
I hope this was a blessing to you today. Thank you so much for allowing me just to share my heart. God bless you. We love you. And, and, and just be blessed the rest of your day. Amen? God bless you.